0: Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Jesus. Good evening, good evening. Uh, My name is Patrick, and I'm the student pastor here at Journey Community Church. And it's such a pleasure and an opportunity just to, to speak to you guys this evening, man. And I honestly believe that God has something that he wants to say to all of us. I was told that I had 52 minutes, and sometimes I tend to get my numbers mixed up. Maybe I only have 25 minutes, but tonight's going to be a great night, and tonight's going to be a great night because you are here. Our family, Sherwood, is also here, and we're just going to praise our Savior because of what happened on this day. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me real quick? God, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, God, for an opportunity to be here with God's people. God, we ask even right now in the name of Jesus that you hide me behind the cross so that they will see all of you and none of me. Allow every word that comes out of my mouth to come from the throne of heaven. Continue, God, to have your way in this place, God, as we continue, God, to celebrate what happened on this Good Friday. And we just thank you so much, God, for what you have done in each of our lives. we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Good Friday is a day that um, where our Savior died. He died a violent death, a violent death, where he was crucified between two criminals. He was flogged on that day. He went before Pilate and Herod. And all these things are going on going on this particular day. And on this particular day, I honestly believe that there are four different things that I want to talk about tonight. Four different things, because I honestly believe that a miracle happened. On this day, four different miracles happened on this day and on this day, our Savior, he was just crucified. People turned their back on him. The disciples left him. Everybody left him and he was crucified. But I believe there are four miracles that take place. The Bible defines or a biblical definition for a miracle is this. The biblical definition of a miracle would be something like this. An event that involves the direct or powerful action of God, transcending ordinary laws of nature and defying common expectations of behavior. A miracle happened on Good Friday. A miracle is happening in this place tonight A miracle happened years ago when you made a decision to give your life to Jesus Christ. No matter where you were or what you were doing, a miracle happened. I'm standing here today because of that miracle. You are sitting here today because of that miracle. Now, you're going to have to talk back to me. Will has already said he's going to talk back to me the whole time. (laughs) That may be a bad thing because, to be totally honest, Will and I talk too much. And so I'm going to go ahead and, and I heard my boss said, yeah, so I got like 20 more minutes to get this message out. But we're going to talk about it tonight, man. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn to Matthew chapter 27, I'm going to be reading verses 45 through 56, verses 45 through 56. And it goes as follows. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama Sabatini, That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge filled with sour wine and put, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Verse 51. And behold, the temple, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were open and many bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, with him keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what had took place. They were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. There were also many women there looking from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him along whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. There are four different miracles that take place on Good Friday. But the very first miracle that I want to talk about tonight is this, the miracle of darkness, the miracle of darkness. This is what the Bible says in verse 45. It says, now the sixth hour. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabatini, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In this time uh, when there is darkness, there is darkness from about twelve to about three. And in this darkness, the darkness represents uh, judgment. It represents sin. And there's not a person in here tonight that has not been in darkness. There's not a person in here that cannot to relate to being in darkness. Because I can honestly believe that you did not come out of your mother's womb screaming and yelling for Jesus. You didn't come out your mother's womb doing that. Better yet, you came out kicking and screaming and sinning. And so all of us have been in darkness. And when we say the miracle of darkness, I was telling a friend this, I would never be able to appreciate the light unless I was exposed to the darkness. I would never be able to experience that. And what happened that day, that was complete darkness. Our Savior is crucified on a cross for us. He's crucified on a cross. That's a miracle of darkness. All of us at one point in our lives have been in darkness, and some of us, even to this moment right now, you're living in darkness. Darkness could be depression. Darkness could be sadness. Darkness could be financial darkness. All of us are living in some type of darkness, and Jesus came to pull us out of the darkness to bring us into the marvelous light. All of us need it. All of us, and when we're reading the text, and what Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus at this moment is living in darkness because God has turned his back on him. There's not a person in here, man, that you may have felt at one point in your life that God turned his back on you. That you felt like, man, God is not there. I can't connect to God. I can't communicate with God. I feel like God is not my friend anymore. But unless I experience darkness, I would never appreciate the light of Jesus Christ. And what I've learned about this thing about being in darkness is this. There are three things that I've learned from this. Darkness shows us that we are separated from God. And at that moment, Jesus was separated from God also. That he had to be separated to God in order to bring us closer to God. He had to be separated from God. This this, this moment of darkness... All over the land. Everybody's watching this. And what's amazing about this is from 12 to 3 p.m. And there is not a storm in sight and there is complete darkness all over the land. That also shows us this, that God, even in the midst of darkness, that he is still in control. He is still in control. No matter where you may find yourself right now, God is still in control. Not only that, not only that, the miracle of darkness shows us he became sin so that he can deliver us from sin. He became sin to deliver us from sin. I can talk about myself right now. There have been days that I've been in darkness. There have been days that I've been in darkness, even B.C., even even A.D. after Christ. There have been days I've been in darkness where I have just lived a life or just saying, man, I'm sad. I'm not feeling it today. But praise God for Jesus. Praise God for Jesus that we we celebrate today his death. But the thing about it is that this is the beginning. This is not the end. This is not the end. This is only the beginning. The next thing it shows us is darkness don't last always. It doesn't last always. No matter where you may find yourself, it does not last always. We have the miracle of darkness. This moment in history is one of the darkest moments in history. It's the darkest moment. And you would think that the enemy is having a party because he's like, man, we have crucified their king. People have turned their back on them and everything is just absolutely terrible. But it's not. But it's not. But it's not. Like I said, I can remind myself, man, when I was living in darkness. I was living in darkness where I, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. While I was doing every and anything under the sun, you name it, I tried it. I did it. And I was doing, and I was living in darkness. But my God, when I was exposed to the light, I, I was, all, I think there's a movie. It may be, um, Tar Story when the guy, maybe the Tar Story, you guys can probably forget. When the thing said, don't go into the light. He's like, I can't help it. And I was like, send me into the light. I want to go. Why, why? Because I was exposed to the light of Jesus Christ. I praise God for the darkness in my life the next miracle that takes place on good friday is a miracle of access the miracle of access what does this mean what does this mean he says in verse 51 and behold the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom and the earth shook and the rocks split the miracle of access gives us the ability to communicate with the father oh my lord jesus the miracle of access gives us the ability to communicate with the Father. Cuz beforehand, you had to have the high priest had to go in uh, once a year and atone for the people's sins. I'm so glad that nobody has to go and atone for my jacked up, stinking, smelly, ugly So I'm so glad that nobody has to go and atone for my mess and my crap. I'm not supposed to say that in church. But Pastor Bobby is my pastor, so therefore, if, if he can say stuff too, I can say it too. If you got a problem with that, email Gretchen Shaw or Jen Harrison or whoever you want to email. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I was in darkness, but now, man, now I have the miracle of access. And what happens is that you have the holy place, and you have the holy of holies place, and it had this big, this big fabric, this thing that man itself could not tear. And what happened when Jesus died on the cross is this— The temple was ripped, the temple uh, was split, and the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom, and it gave us access to be able to communicate with Jesus. The Bible tells us that this is significant because once again, just like God is acting when there's darkness, God also is acting when he tears the curtain because nobody else could do that. No one else could do that. No one at all. It's a miracle that we have access to God. It's a miracle that you can communicate with Jesus, that you don't need me to get to Jesus. Some of the best moments that I've had has been by myself worshiping Jesus. And I'm not distracted by people at all. I ain't got to worry about nobody looking at that phone. I ain't got to worry about nobody saying how long he going to be up there. I ain't got to worry about nobody worry about my singing because I know I can't sing. And I can just sit there and praise my Jesus all by myself and I'm perfectly fine. Because I have access to the Father. The access to the Father shows us that he is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Not only that, the access of the Father gives us communication with God. When was the last time you had a conversation with Jesus. When was the last time you talked to God? Did you wait to Good Friday to talk to Him, or did you talk to Him Thursday, or did you talk to Him Wednesday, or did you talk to Him Tuesday, or did you talk to Him on Monday, or did you talk to Him Sunday, or did you talk to Him Saturday, or did you talk to Him Friday? When was the last time you had a conversation with God? Because now that you have access to Him, you can talk to Him whenever you get ready. You can talk to Jesus riding in your car. You can talk to Jesus sitting right there right now. You can talk to Jesus when I'm talking to you right now. You can talk to Jesus at your leisure. And that only happens because Jesus goes and atones for the sins of the world that no other sacrifice had to be made because he was the perfect sacrifice. So now I have access to the Father that I don't need a priest to go in on my behalf anymore. It's a miracle. You have a miracle of access. Now, 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 I don't know about nobody else, but for me, that, that is shouting stuff right there. That's shouting stuff right there because, because on my own, I cannot get to Jesus. I, I cannot. I cannot get to Jesus. The miracle of access gives us confidence to approach the throne of grace. Hebrews 10, uh, verse 19 through 22 says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we boldly enter heaven's most high, ho- most most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, that's Jesus, let us go into his presence, the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with the blood, Christ's blood, to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. I can remember when I was in high school and I, you know, I was driving and and my mom gave me a curfew. Now, let me go ahead and tell you right, parents right now. When your kids are driving, I hate to tell you this, they're going to break curfew. Sorry, I'm, I'm breaking the bad news to you right now so you can call me when they do it. And, and my mom would tell me like, you know. Um, if you don't make curfew, don't come in the house. Don't don't even come in. Don't even try. I ain't stand up waiting on you. I told you what time to be home. You need to be home. See, I, not like I, my mama didn't play like she's sitting over here. My, my mama didn't play. She knew what I'm saying she didn't play at all. Like, like I got backhand plenty of times for talking back and I never said another word. But but. But whenever I would stay past my curfew, I didn't have access to get in the house. Let me say that one more time. Because I was being disobedient, I didn't have access to get into the house. But the moment I became obedient, I had access to come into the house. Where in the house, there is blessings, overflowing blessings. I, I can eat bacon, I can eat chicken, I can enjoy all the meals. But outside the house, I can't enjoy it. Because I'm living in disobedience. So what does that mean for us? Christ was obedient to death on a cross that gave us access to be able to experience the blessings that he had for us. If you want the blessings of God in your life, you better acknowledge the darkness in your life so you can have access to the miracle in your life. Oh, my goodness. Jesus. I need a little access, Jesus. She would leave me sitting outside. Now, I never slept in my car. I think she loved me too much and made me sleep in my car. But I couldn't get in. And the only way that I could get in is I had to obey. That's the only way I could get in. We have the miracle of access. We all need access to Jesus. The next miracle that happened on this day is the miracle of evidence. Now, we are people that don't believe it unless we see it. We, we've got to see it. We've got to see it. This is what verse fifty-two and fifty-three says. It says the tombs also were open, and many body of saints who had fallen asleep was raised, coming out of the tombs after the resurrection. They went into the into the holy city and appeared to many. That means that dead people that, that, thats what I just read now. They were walking around, looking good, in their glorious body, just walking around. Yo, what's up? How you doing? How Pastor Bob how are you doing? Yeah, like that, like that. That's what they were do. They just walking around. And why are they doing that? They're doing that because they want to show the people what is to come when Jesus comes back again. That at some point, when Jesus comes back, we're gonna take off this old fleshly body and we're gonna put on a new glorious body. That means I can eat as much fried chicken as I want, Kevin. And not get not and not get high blood pressure. I ain't gotta take a one pill. I'm gonna eat it all. I'm gonna tear it up with a biscuit and some honey and some sweet tea. Gospel bird. That's fried chicken if y'all don't know. That probably went some of y'all head. But yeah, the miracle of evidence. The miracle of evidence, these people came out of the tombs when they came out of the tombs, the Bible says they were saints that had fallen asleep. Please understand that for the believer that has a connection with Jesus, they don't die. Their body dies, but they just sleeping. And what is happening is that they are waiting on Jesus to come back. So when Jesus dies on this on that Friday the, and, the, and, the, and the tombs are open. What Jesus is saying, even though you may have been dead, I need you to come out of where you were. That's what ends up happening. That, that's what the Bible says. I read it. It says saints who were sleeping, they were raised, coming out of the tombs, after the resurrection, and they went into the holy city and appeared to many. It didn't say two. It says appeared to many. Evidence. 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 A lot of times in order for you to have evidence, you need documentation and you need eyewitnesses. You need eyewitnesses. That, uh, you, even when somebody goes to the case, they're always looking for a, a witness to be able to prove what they say to be true. They're always looking for somebody. And what ends up happening in the text is this, is that when they come out of the tomb and they ap- appear to everybody, it is a miracle. This does not happen just hephazardly. It's not the same thing that happened with Lazarus. It's not the same. It's some kind of the same, but it's not, it's not really the same. Because when Lazarus died, he was thanketh. Dead man clothes. He had, he had, he had dead man clothes. He, he was there for a couple of days. Now, now, if you think Lazarus stank, imagine these people. They were funky. Like a sixth grade boy at, at camp. Putting on Axe body spray. Trying to cover up that scent. But, but, but when the evidence happened, it showed us, it showed us once again that God is in control. They are walking around the holy city, walking around because the power of Jesus Christ has raised them from the dead. The power of Jesus Christ has raised us from the dead. The miracle of evidence shows us this. The grave is not my final resting place. Amen. And if you don't know, it was not Jesus' final resting place. You can come tomorrow. You can hear all about it. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. I promise you, you don't want to. You can come tomorrow and hear all about that. It is not our final resting place. Not only that, physical death is the beginning of a glorious and peaceful life with Jesus. I know people are going to cry and they're going to mourn when I leave here. But let me tell you something. This brother ain't trying to come back. Sorry. No. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've been through too much hell to have to come back and live all over again. I'd rather just stay in heaven with Jesus and enjoy him as much as I possibly can. Amen to that. And see, we have the evidence. So How do, how do I know we have the evidence? We have the evidence, one, because we have the book. Not only do we have the book, we have the people that actually wrote the book. Not only do we have that, we have the experience and all these people's lives being changed. Your life has been changed because of the evidence of Jesus Christ. Your family's life has been changed because of the evidence of Jesus Christ. The Bible says they came out of the tomb and they were walking around this holy city. Not only that, the miracle of evidence also shows us there is power in the name of Jesus. There is an author, man. You guys probably have heard about this guy. Um, his name is Lee Strobel, and he wrote this book called Case for Christ and several other books that he's written. And when he writes this book, his he, his his whole task or his journey is I'm going to prove that Jesus Christ does not exist. That he was an atheist. That was his whole thing. I'm going to prove that he does not exist. So he goes on this journey to prove that Jesus Christ does not exist. And on this journey, he has an encounter with Jesus to the point that he gives his life to Jesus. And when he gives his life to Jesus, he begins to go all over the country, speaking at several different places, speaking at schools, writing books. And he came to this realization when it com- uh, realization that, that there are four E's that he looked for when he was trying to prove that Jesus didn't exist. The first one is this, the execution. Now, the last time I checked, if there's going to be execution, there has to be a body. Amen. There has to be a body. Not only do you do that, he's had he's had to listen and read the early accounts of Jesus. When 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says that Jesus Christ appeared to over 500 people. Once again, there is evidence. Not only that, there had to be an empty tomb. There had to be an empty tomb. He ain't there, baby. I'm sorry. Him gone. He gone. He gone. Now, not only that, you had to have witnesses. He made this statement. He says, I realize it would, it would take more faith for me to remain an atheist than become a Christian. He also said, adding this to his journey, his journey was not complete until he accept accept this for himself. This gift of forgiveness and eternal life. The evidence is all around us. It's all around us. And people will do two things when it comes to this evidence. You either accept it or you ignore it. It's one or the other. The last miracle that takes place is this. It's the miracle of confession. Miracle of confession. This is in verses 54. 54. It says, when the centurion, centurion and those who were with them, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what had took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. And there were also many women there. Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm pause real quick. Actually, I'm going to read it then. I'm going to say this. There are also many women there looking from a distance who have followed Jesus from Galilee and ministering to him, along whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. I'm, I'm sorry. Where are the men? I'm asking for a friend. Because when I read this, the Bible says there were many women there also. But where are the men? That's another sermon for another day. I, I, won't, I won't go down that rabbit hole. But I will, I will talk about this. There was one guy there, this interior, who was a soldier. And because of what he saw, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. It takes a miracle for you to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. H- how do I know that? Because the Bible says this that, that, that when Jesus was talking to Peter, he asked the disciples, "Who do men say that I am?" And then he said, "Some of them say you are Elijah." But then Peter said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the living God." Not only that, not only that 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 Paul after his conver- conversion, he confessed That Jesus Christ was Lord. Not not only that, Thomas doubting, oh, oh, doubting Thomas. Thomas said, I'm not gonna believe it unless I see it. He confessed that Jesus Christ was Lord. Patrick confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. Pastor Bobby confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. Kevin confessed. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is there anybody here that will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? He's Lord. It's a miracle of a confession. And what ends up happening is this his eyes are open to see what God is doing. His ears was open to hear what God was saying. His heart was open to receive salvation. His mouth was open because the Bible says he confessed. And during my time of studying, um, um, some people believe that this guy, um, They didn't think even when he confessed, it was thinking that maybe he hadn't really fully devoted himself to being a Christian or being a disciple of Jesus. But what I I learned is this, is that all of us have to start somewhere. All of us have to start somewhere. It was a miracle that day. It was a miracle. You had a miracle confession. This guy. That was, on, that was there to crucify Jesus, he confessed because of what he saw. He said, truly, this was the Son of God. And see, really, when I read that, he's speaking in the past tense. Now, I'm not the smartest person when it comes to English and all that, but I know this. I'm saying, truly, he is the Son of God. I speak it in the present. I don't speak that in the past. No, it, he's God right now. He's got yesterday, tomorrow, and forevermore. All of us in here, every single person in here, we should be able to relate to that. We should be able to relate to to being in darkness. And it's a miracle that you came out of it. We should be able to relate to having access to the Father. We should be able to relate to the evidence that has been all around us. We should be able to relate to having a confession. The Bible says that we confess with our mouths and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you don't get anything else out of this tonight, please get this. Please get this. Good Friday is not good because he died, it's great because he lives and that is a miracle let me say that one more time maybe you didn't get that Good Friday is not good because he died it is great because he lives and that's a miracle I'm so glad that Jesus is in the miracle making business that when you look when somebody look, look at you they're looking at a miracle. When they look at me, they're looking at a miracle because there's no way that I can do what I'm doing if it was not for Jesus Christ. I'm getting ready to pray. I was telling a friend I was talking to um, yesterday and um, I was talking about the tension that I've been dealing with for this past week. And I was telling him He was calling to see how I was doing, and I mean, I've shared this story before, and um, I, I was talking about just how blessed I am and how God has just changed my life, and I would never be able to experience the things that I'm experiencing, man, if it was not for me just being in darkness and having access to the Father and seeing the evidence of God working in my life. Even today, every single day, I have to confess. And what I was telling him was this. Um, two years ago, I lost my kid. My kid died in a car accident. And I was in darkness. I was in darkness, right? And I told him, I said, man, there is is a healthy tension that's going on in my life right now that is really, really weird. It's really weird that I said, okay, two years ago, I lost a kid. My kid transitioned. But tomorrow... I get to baptize a kid so I said all that to say this no matter where you are right now and what you are going through darkness does not last always and I'm telling you right now that Jesus is in the miracle-making business he wants to make a miracle out of you Good Friday was not the end It was the beginning. God, we thank you so much for this day. And we thank you so much, God, for the opportunity to experience Good Friday. Thank you for the miracles that took place on this day. Thank you for the darkness that took place on this day. Thank you, God, for us having the ability to have access to you. Thank you, God, for the evidence that you showed all of us that we can have the opportunity to experience grace and mercy and experience life to the fullest. Thank you God that every person in here, that I'm believing God, that they have confessed you as Lord and Savior and even if they have not, I pray God that there was something that was said to them tonight, that they will give their lives to you and that they realize that this is the beginning of a new life because Sunday is coming. And God, we thank you for it. So God, bless us tonight and continue to bless this time as we continue, God, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.